don't down, they just think they are. Never little wanna be gangster trying to play hard. <gasps> Welcome to the J.C. Shaw Motorsports Podcast, Episode 4. I'm Jane Kurtasi, driver of the number 11 Outlaw Late Model, Sportsman Late Model, and Super Late Model. To my left, I got Parker Tatro. He's joining us tonight. Yep. Uh, I don't know how I got dragged into this, but we're here. Um, I'm Parker Tatro. I drive the number 98 MCR Dwarf Car, uh, former Absolutely driver of the 4S. Dude pops more tires on a freaking semi on a highway. Do you mind, man? I mean, you don't got to talk bad about me already. I'm your guest. My bad. What's this about? Unreal. Anyway, I'm the former driver of the 4S Micro Sprint for Tatra Racing, and now I drive the number 98 MCR Dwarf Car. So, quite the, quite the switch up. Yeah, you went from dirt to asphalt. That's, that's a big switch up. A little bit, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, and I've been enjoying it so far, despite the flat tires. I think we're going to have a bright so future with it. did you turn your it. mic back on or no? I did. Okay, so cool, cool. I didn't forget. <laughs> I'm not going to talk. That part. I'm not going to be mute. So. Yeah. so today's podcast, we're pretty much going to talk about the lack of respect in our local short track racing community, which there's a lot. Oh, yeah. So, um, but first off, we're going to start off with um, my future plans for racing right now. Not too sure what we're going to do. There's talks of me moving down to North Carolina. I'm going to get my own place and uh, run and probably going to run some late model stocks. Those seem to be my kind of car. I definitely enjoyed running those. That was honestly the most fun I've had at a racetrack in a long time, I could say. Tracks actually made me feel very welcome there. A track owner came up, got to know me, talked to me for probably about hour hour and a half he was talking to me for a while getting some input and info about me (laughs) parker lacks a lot of respect (laughs) this is the cool part about live stream here zach nichols in the comment section freaking commenting parker lacks a lot of respect on iRacing and call of duty yeah i i'm i'm the most disrespectful man (laughs) when it comes to the online world (laughs) when you meet me in person i am a completely different man Let's not get too uh, far. Don't, off don't let Zach. Don't let Zach. You know, paint the picture wrong. No. Uh, Zach, you will be disabled in chat if you continue this banter. So, relax, bud. RJ will get the moderator out and have him set to yep. set him to timeout. We'll just go ahead and mute him. But so. back to our topic. So, moving down to North Carolina, that's the plan. Um, the outlaw is up for sale right now. Uh, we did take it down just in case we sell the sportsman and super. So I. If we sold all three, I wouldn't have anything to run next year. So um, right now, we still plan on racing the Outlaw. If you do want to buy it, let me know. Um, we'll get in touch pretty fast with you. I mean, the sooner we get the money off of that, the sooner I can get down south. So, But moving on, um, so the lack of respect at our local short tracks. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can go to any track pretty much around us. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to list off names or anything. I'm not going to throw people under the bus. Mm-hmm. But something needs to be said. Oh yeah. So, what I'm going to start off with um where's my sheet here? Outlaw late model racing. I absolutely hate it. I used to enjoy it. I don't enjoy it at all no more. 
I'm stuck in the class because it's the only class that pays around here. Half decent, I should say. Um, sportsman class, I mean, yeah, you got your few big shows. Not too many, honestly. I mean, what, two or three? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's an, and it's usually Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. So we got them. <coughs> Kalamazoo, phenomenal track. I, that track, I need to go race her again. I might, I might run the Intimidator. But um, so after my wreck at Plymouth with my crew chief, yeah, that was that, that one was interesting. I felt freaking horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, we got talked to a little bit. Uh, me and me and Brian did. Me and my dad and stuff. And we're we're trying to come kind of come up with a way we can find a way to implement radios. I mean, obviously these cars way too expensive not to have them. In my opinion, I mean the guys down south say we are freaking nuts. So I mean, this year I spent. Thirty thousand dollars. It was insane. The damages were insane on this car. We went through two rear clips, almost a front clip. Uh, had to buy some motor stuff, a rear end, trans two actually three transmissions this year. I ate one up at Plymouth, mm. <laughs> and um, just a whole bunch of crap that's not that we should not necessarily need to buy more than once a year. So. We got to talk, and we asked a few people. Apparently, there was a petition to buy radios and to use radios at the racetrack. We go talk to other outlaw drivers about this, and they there was apparently a vote for this, by the way. Nobody knows a single thing about this. That's what's ticking me off about this. There was a claim to be a vote on radios. We go talk to... A top, uh, like the top of the line drivers right now. You got Steve Needles, Phil Bozell, Andy. I mean, there's a huge list of good drivers right now that don't have radios or that didn't get to vote, even though there was a so so said vote. Right. That's what really ticks me off. <clears throat> radios, I mean, yes, we could do without them. Honestly, we could. It's a lot harder. I mean, I've been in the position before. I mean, I got melee at New Paris. Straight up destroyed. Sent me to the hospital, severe concussion, back injuries. I was out for three weeks. That sucked. No driver should have to go through that, and that all could have been avoided by radios. Right. I mean, from an outsider's perspective, too, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because you were trying to sell the outlaw, and now here you are kind of I have to freaking keep series, it. But it's, it's kind of rough. I mean, you really look at the outlaw series from an outside perspective. The disrespect uh, for number one. I mean, it's, I mean, you're not even in it, Parker, and you no, can see and, it. And it's so obvious. I mean, it's just, and and the disrespect is just on a whole nother level. And truth be told, I mean, the spotters, yeah, they're a necessity. I mean, you look at the supers, they got them, I would imagine. Yeah, super late's got, there's almost every big deal class in the area has them. I mean, yes, it's a touring series that has them, right. but... I mean, we even had them in freaking mini cups. Right. Honestly, we did not need them in those. And and uh, and that's just the kicker. And I mean, yeah, you could argue streeters; they don't have them. I don't think. No, no class, no local short track class runs radios unless it's but, a touring series that gets brought in. But the the outlaw cars, I mean, you look at them. I mean, they're on the same level practically as these supers. I mean, as far as performance wise goes, and the money they're that faster. you put into them, they're so fast. The tracks are tight. You need a, a spotter for these things, and you need 
a spotter to help you guide through these corners and through the track. I mean, these cars are big cars. They're boats compared to some of these other race cars that are out there. They're the widest the size car. of the track. They're it eight, just doesn't make I any sense. I believe they're 84 inches wide, I want to say. So, that's, I mean, that's wide. that's wide. That's very wide. And I think it's just asinine to not have spotters for these cars. Mm-hmm. I think they absolutely need them just from an outsider's perspective. It's just ridiculous to see the amount of equipment this year, not just on Jaden's side, but just as a as a whole in the series of 100%. how much equipment and the amount of money that's just been flushed. I mean, this almost, so. with the two incidents I had this year and then the year prior, this has almost put me in a situation where I cannot race. Right. Like, we were completely done. We thought we weren't going to be able to get the car back on the track. Thankfully, I had a sponsor come through last minute and helped me out big time. Oh, absolutely. And that's what allowed me to finish off this season. Yep. I remember I mean, we talked. I remember we talked about it. And yeah, you like, I, I told you, I thought I was do. done. Yep. I thought we were 100% done with racing. Yep. Thankfully, to that, spot, to that sponsor, um, Preferred Warranty, shout out to you guys. Yep. Thank you guys a lot. <laughs> Same with Community Wide and R&B. Everybody who's helped me out. You guys are great to have. Hopefully, we work with you again in the future and next season. Maybe something bigger. Hint, hint. But, <laughs> oh, the paper's freaking yeah, blowing around. We you got the tape. fan going. I feel like we need to tape it. No, that wasn't the fan. That was you. No, it wasn't me. That was you. Oh, you shoot. Went <laughs> and it blew it across the table. But, yeah, spotters, with it's just stupid not to have them. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not trying to rain on every, anybody's parade. No, not at all. But spotters need to happen. Hands down. Needs to be a thing. For the outlaws, I'd say absolutely. Or at least at a driver's meeting at the next race. Let us all vote in person if we can have spotters and do a hand vote. I don't want no freaking ballot count because I know that will go the complete opposite way to no radios because everybody says no radios ruins racing. Or they say radios ruin racing. My bad. No. Uh, not at it's all. It's going to bring blocking into it. Blocking only happens if you got two idiots, in the one in the spotter stand and one on the track. Right. The car, we're going too fast to even be blocking anyways. We, there's no time to do it. If you're going to block, you're screwing up your line in the corner, and the guy's going to set you up and pass you. I mean, not only that, I mean, I, I come from the open wheel world, I guess, of things with go-karts, and not only that, the micro sprints. And, I mean, you, we didn't have radios in them, but we already knew that You guys kind could of almost etiquette. see all around you, though, too. No, but and instead of blocking, and I guess in the micro sprints, you had slide jobs that were, some of them were just ridiculous. <laughs> To yeah, be completely I, I honest, I, I've, you need to chill, dude. <laughs> Will commented in the chat and said you're huffing and puffing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you need to relax. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I'm getting worked um, up, guys. <laughs> but, I mean, in the micro sprint world, you had slide jobs, and typically whenever somebody threw a bad slide job, if you had the option to, you go down the next corner, you give it back to them. And, yep. unfortunately, in the asphalt world, or I guess in the closed fender world, I guess in this conversation – I mean, typically you throw a bad block. I don't know about you, but I'm shipping you. I'm going to give it to you. you you're going to get bumped up the track. I mean, that's yeah. just, you don't throw a stupid block. I mean, we, and can't I think, even, we can't even really do that in Outlaws. Right. And I, and yeah, because you got these, you got a shovel on the front end of it pretty much. I <laughs> Literally. Mean, so it's just, don't, if you're going to bring blocking into it as the reason why not to add spotters, I, I just don't it, see that as a justified reason. I don't either. you could still do that. Even without a spotter. Penalize them if they block. You could drive overly defensive without a spotter and still get the same result. I mean, not trying to compare a road course series to asphalt, but in, we'll say IMSA, I mean, they'll run the bottom line going into the corner 
to defend their line. And that's, I guess, normal. I mean, it's not not normal, you know. But I just, I don't know. I, I think to use the reasoning of spotters are the reason that blocking happens. I mean, yeah, maybe you're right, but I, I don't see that as a reason to not add spotters to the outlaws because we all see the dollar signs going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching out the window every time I agree. they go onto the racetrack. It's the, just, the sport is too expensive. We would save so many cars. The races would go so much smoother. Practices would go so much smoother. It'd make all the world of a difference. Yeah. It just sucks racing up here. I absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. It's yep. not fun. But, so, I mean, lack of respect. I mean, we got drivers. I mean, I'll admit, I've done some stupid freaking crap on a racetrack. I we mean, all we, we all have. It's a part of it. We're all learning still. But the lack of respect mm-hmm. from drivers on a racetrack, horrible. I went down south to Tri-County, raced for Landon Huffman. And, heck, there was a guy on his freaking post that said, I don't deserve that ride or anything, and somebody else should be in that car. I'm not going to mention names. But I was like... I worked my freaking butt off to get to the point where I am. I paid for the ride out of my pocket. Not going to say how much it cost, even if you message me, not saying. But, I mean, the the lack of respect in our community and in the, the racing community is what's going to end it. Don't, there is going to be no kid that's going to want to come up and try and be in the series at all or in any kind of racing. Um, And I guess I can kind of agree with that i mean you and you mainly see this in the younger talent especially uh the younger talent that's coming up through the series i mean this is in any form of racing really you can look at anything you can even look at the upper levels of nascar we all saw the truck race we all saw the truck race at phoenix i mean that was ridiculous oh that was horrible so i mean I, I mean, I I love the I mean, truck when, series, but God. When you even got the upper level of, you know, drivers in the cup series looking down like, what is this, you know? and But it's more than just in the truck series. And to see that at the truck series just goes to show how the times are changing. Because back in the day, this wouldn't happen. No. So, I mean. I, I mean if you drove the way you did now back in the day, oh, you're getting your freaking butt whooped. And realistically, if you stop it now at the lower tiers, this isn't going to happen. But at the same token, the only young drivers that you see that are coming up that have no respect are the ones with a little bit of this. Yeah. It, it's, the, it's the money that causes this. I mean, you there's probably so many talented drivers out there that we don't see, that we don't know about, that are have so much potential to go up through the ranks, and you don't see that because they don't have the funding, unfortunately. So it's just an unfortunate set of circumstances, really, at the end of the day. So It really is. I mean, obviously... Nothing we can really do about it. No. It, it really sucks. It really does. Um, I wish all of us drivers would get together and we'd do something about it. I mean, we actually all did try at one point. Uh, Doug True started a thing on Facebook where we needed radios. The tracks didn't listen to us at all. Right. I mean, it, it's just frustrating trying to get to these tracks. We're trying to help them out. without If, if the track don't have drivers... You don't got a track. Yep. Same as the car count. If there's low car count, less fans are going to have. Without fans, without drivers, you don't have a racetrack. Yep. It's simple. Yep. Listen to the driver's feedback. And, and that is the biggest thing, too, when you really think about it. Are tracks listening to drivers enough? No. no. 
Not one bit. I mean, you guys even have trouble. And you had trouble with uh, and, Micro. And, you know, I'm not going to name drop the track because uh, I pretty much raced my entire life there, and I'm not going to sit here and uh, name drop them, but I will speak to this. Um, you know, we worked with a local racetrack that was around my area that ended up moving on to run different vehicles, which, by the way, is... That was that was the fan that time. Yeah, that one was definitely <laughs> the fan. Um, <laughs> so, but we they ended up moving on to race different vehicles because at the end of the day, we weren't bringing in enough fan count. Why we weren't bringing in enough fan count, I don't know, but... I will say the car count was actually good at that track. Uh, it was starting to die at the end. Yeah. It was dying at the end. I mean, even though I, mean, I pretty much went for, the entire year. For it being a track like that, though, it, that wasn't horrible, I don't think. No, and I mean, it's it's grassroots. I mean, you can't yeah, expect an IndyCar facility, although the owners may have expected that, and I think many will agree in that picture that that's what they expected. It's not. It's not an IndyCar facility. You Can you run it like an IndyCar facility? Maybe, but at the end of the day, we're a local short track i mean you can't run this like it's nascar and think you're some big league that's going to go out here and make a difference you're growing the sport you need to focus on these drivers and what they are saying even the older generation and these younger talents that are coming up they have a lack of respect they go up in the upper series and you see what you've seen in f phoenix in the truck series i mean i'm just saying winchester 400 was a great example between ruggiero and nasi yeah that that was a great example of lack of respect Nasi, class act driver, one of the best super late model drivers I would say to exist, and just pretty much get shoved up in the marbles unfenced. Yeah, I mean Nasi's done some questionable things though, but I think every I, and <laughs> every driver has no driver's a saint. At the end of the day, I mean we all make our fair share of mistakes. We're not, but I we're mean, not professionals. We're drivers trying to make our way through the ranks mm-hmm. to get to be what they call a professional. I mean, we're probably the first thing from a professional and yeah. probably will stay that way. But, but I mean, we all have the mindset here, then the understanding that respect is everything on the racetrack. You're going to race how you want to be raced in my book. So if you race like that's the way I'm going to start, racing. you're going to get raced like if a you door me, I'm so. giving it to you 10 times harder back. Exactly. I don't care no more. I mean, look at Tony Stewart. Look how he yeah. went through his entire career racing. Yeah. Then, then people started respecting him. Yeah. I mean, some didn't. Some found out the hard way. Joey Logano is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you yeah. look at the upper series, <laughs> Logano and Kenseth, that was a good one. And that was a that was a spicy one. But that, it's just tracks need to start working on these things where they focus on the drivers and the respect levels and making sure that they groom these drivers to where, hey, we're not going to take any of your BS. You want to know why? Because when you get up here, they're not going to take any of your BS in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. NASCAR really needs to buckle down on that themselves. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. But these short tracks aren't doing a good job of policing it either because guess what? It's sleeping it's slipping through the cracks and you're seeing it in these upper series. Yeah. So definitely. That's the truth. I mean, uh, the way I look at it, our future for our sport that we love and we call home is at great risk. Yeah. Within the next Five to ten years. I mean, a lot of the guys who are racing are older right now and are possibly going to be out of a car here within the next five to ten years. Yep. And without without them on track and no younger kids coming into the sport, it, it's toast. It is. There's going to be freaking three cars. I remember back in the day when I was uh, 
coming into the sport of racing and everything and my parents, uh, God bless them. Uh, I know, uh, We got a quick phone call here from Matt Kemp. Guys, Matt, say hi to the people on the podcast. Uh, hi. Where do you guys want to go for coffee? I freaking texted you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so we're not going to Texas Roadhouse? Excuse us for one moment, guys. All right. Um, chatters? What about a bar? I can't go to a bar. You can have a water. I can have a water. I'll take a water on rocks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. Um, what does she want to eat? I don't care where we go. Mexican, Chinese, hibachi, don't matter to me. The way this podcast has been going, this might go a while, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Boo, this guy stinks. Boo, this guy stinks. <laughs> You're telling me, Will. Um, I don't know. I don't care where we go to eat. All right, all right, guys. Where should we go to eat dinner with the Matt Kemp, the guy who drives through everybody on a racetrack? Just kidding. He's a great racer. I seen. <laughs> I see Zach uh, earlier in the chat said Taco Bell. Yeah, Zach was saying Taco Bell. But Taco Bell's lobby is not open past ten. Oh no! Don't do that one, Parker. That one ain't happening. Not not happening. Yeah. Um. I don't know. We're almost done with the podcast. Ladies for are mad, um, folks. Ladies are mad. All right. Say bye to the people, Matt. <laughs> hey, there's seven. There were eight. All right. See you, Matt. Um, After that rude interruption, let's get back into the podcast. Uh, but... I remember when I was growing up and my parents, you know, they bought me my first kick cart. Uh, shout out to them. God bless them. Um, you know, there were so many, so many different kids in the class whenever I started racing at first. And even going up through into the middle ranks into the, like the junior sportsman go-karts and everything. I mean, there was, had to have been pushing 20 go-karts at the time. And even Zach, whenever uh, him and I grew up together, mm -hmm. there were so many, and he could vouch for this, there's so many different kids that were in our class and now you look at the class and it's just dead in the water it is. the mini wedges are dead i mean mini cups i mean and it yeah. sucks because the mini wedges are new to the scene but you look at them and the car counts and they're just not there i mean at first they were great no yeah at first and now they're dead yeah the kids are losing interest in the sport and it sucks too because i feel like families uh i mean it's kind of it's a rough scenario because I mean the economy is rough these days. Families, oh definitely, some families the economy don't help at all. Back then it was much different times, but um, but yeah, that's just the way I I, I see it. You know, is just families are not getting them involved. I mean, sports of course are always going to be thriving. I think they'll thrive for years to come. But uh, you know, with basketball, football, and all those things, but you look at racing, the sport is truly dying. Mm -hmm. You don't see all the all of us drivers that are in this top class at these local short tracks we are role models to these kids they see us wreck it don't look good for us it don't look good for the track it don't look good for anything yeah it makes everybody look really bad it does it does but i don't know i'm just a driver my opinion don't matter so 
and tracks unfortunately make it that way. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it from track to track, although I will say uh, there's been a few tracks that I've been to recently that have been doing a really good job listening to the drivers and making those improvements. But uh, there's a, a bad batch of apples uh, <laughs> that are still out there that are still doing this, and I don't know if it... I don't know what it would require. Would it require a change of management? Would it require a change of heart? Or would it require just a drastic thing to happen, which always seems to happen in the sport of racing, where something drastic has to happen in order for something to change? It's It's been the trend. It's how everything goes. But I mean, yeah. People are going to say that I got daddy's money. Yeah, my dad helped me out a, l- you don't? a lot. <laughs> Screw off. You are, you are not <laughs> helping my situation. People say I got a buttload of daddy's money. I mean, yes, my dad got me started into racing. He helped me get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. This whole entire season that I've raced this year has all been out of my pocket, and same with the big wreck that I had last year. Every bit of it out of my pocket. He did not pay a single dime in it. It is all me. I pay for tires. I pay for fuel. I pay for my dad's truck fuel to get to the track. Yeah. Because the way I do this, I work my freaking butt off. Right. People think my dad's just given me the whole entire world. I mean, yes, my dad has invested a lot into my racing, mm-hmm. but it all stops at some point. I mean, a lot of people are giving me the excuse, oh, you got daddy's money. It'll get fixed. It'll be better than ever than next time. You got the best of the best stuff. I do not. Our car is a mediocre car. I just drive the freaking living crap out of it, and I got a good setup guy. Yeah, for sure. A great team and good setup guy and a good driver all mix well. You can have a really good car. You yeah. don't need the best of the best to go out and win an outlaw race. Does it help? Yes. Do you need it, though? No. 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 I mean, eventually the top guys are going to freaking take each other out anyways. I mean, look at the last Grand Slam race. I think we started off with 24 outlaws, 27 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Finished with, I think, eight. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just... that. There's no reason I mean, for that to happen. The Reveal the Hammer series. I absolutely love that series. I want to go try it out next year. That's one of our I think we're actually planning on Berlin right now. One they raced at Owasso, 30 plus cars for this race, 10 finished. It's pathetic. It is. Radios will save race cars, radios will save money. Of course, I mean, even with radios being implemented, mistakes are going to happen. Yeah, I mean, nobody's perfect. It's not going to be. You have a a lot better of a chance, though. It's not going to be a regular like it is now. No. I don't see that happening. I don't see us having freaking red flag on top of red flag on top of red flag over and over. I I mean, a big race, maybe should it, maybe we'll have one red flag. I think, and you know, if a racetrack is really on the fence about this, how I don't know, but I mean, if they are on the fence about this, what I would consider doing is doing a early on in the season in 2024, you experiment with these radios and see the results. It doesn't matter what track you do, whether it's here in Indiana, no matter where it might be, you experiment with this and try this. And I mean, if it seems like something that needs to go on in the future, then you implement it. And I think other tracks should probably attend that wherever the case may be. See how it goes. Right. And that's what I'm saying is, you know, you test this. They're not even giving us the chance. And that's ridiculous. I think you have to give it a shot. I agree. I mean, when I went and raced down south at Tri-County, I felt freaking safe with radios. If you don't have radios, stop. (laughs) I know you're about to laugh. (laughs) But if you don't have radios, uh, you don't feel safe, honestly. 
I I mean, like I said, the wreck at New Paris, 100% could have been avoided, even though I got beelined freaking straight to the wall. And the GoPro footage, if you guys go watch that vlog, I don't think I actually vlogged it. I think it was just a race. Yeah, um, I, don't know. I think it was just it's the idea. New Paris uh, summer blow or no, not summer. Uh, oh, it was spring. a blowout. It, it was a blowout. What is, what was that race called? Uh, it's spring something. Spring Sizzler? Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll call it Spring Sizzler. I don't know what we named it, but I don't know. If you go watch that race, you can literally hear the dude throttle up. Every guy that has talked to me has said that dude intentionally wrecked me, and I believe it. I I don't know why the dudes always had beef with me for some reason. I've never done anything to the guy. I always actually looked up to him Everybody and thought he was a really a great guy. Everybody hates a winner. Everybody hates a winner. Everybody hates a young winner. I mean, this goes for any class, though. Any series, any division, any class. It, it don't matter. Anybody, Everybody hates the young guy that mm-hmm. can go out and win. I mean, it, it's just pathetic how everything is nowadays with racing. I mean, I've honestly lost a lot of interest in it. I don't feel like I'm at home no more at my local short tracks. Mm-hmm. But... And I think uh, to one of the commenters' points, one of the commenters' points. I mean, with Will, uh, I think a uh, sanctioning body would be beneficial. Absolutely, it would be absolutely. I mean, we. I mean, none of the tracks even want to work together. No, it's it's always a competition. It is. I I've heard rumors of a specific track owner. Not gonna like I said, not naming names. That said, we can shut down all of our local short tracks in the area if we wanted to. Yeah. Look how they're doing now. Parker, you know what tracks I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They are doing horrible. Yeah. And you just, it's, everything's a competition these days, unfortunately. everything Everybody's wanting to compete for the whole pie instead of share the pie. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a fair share. It's the whole share. So, I mean, it's just how it always goes. But everybody wants to do their own thing. Everybody, unfortunately, even from different tracks, they have their different rule sets and that becomes complicating when it comes to having drivers come to your track because they're set up for one track and not the other. That's why I feel like if you have a matching rule set from track to track, it's going to be way easier for you to get this car count no matter what show you got. Exactly. So, and this was the same case in the micro sprints. Tire rules were different. Weight rules were different. It's just, it's a competition always and why I don't know, but it's, I mean, even drivers from different tracks, uh, from everything I've seen, drivers from different tracks, they even, you know, compete with one another, saying this track's better than this, and here's why. Every track's going to have its benefit. Every track is going to have its downfall. There's pros and cons to everything. So, but at the end of the day, um, tracks just need to work with the drivers more, and I think tracks need to work with each other a little bit more to create a a product that not only the drivers are going to enjoy, but also that the fans are going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. If the drivers aren't having fun, you know dang well that the fans are not going to enjoy it. So that's the truth. Yeah, I agree. Um, one thing I will say, so when we were selling the Outlaw, here's a good example of lack of respect. So obviously I shared the, the post to Outlaw Late Model, Buy, Sell, and Trade. Do I name names on this one or no? Do I keep it pretty civil? I'll leave that up to you, but I wouldn't. All right, yeah, we'll keep it civil. So we'll call this guy... Mm, we'll call this guy Ron. Sure. So Ron... <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Go on, Ron. So what did Ron, Ron say? said, why do I follow this group, LOL? And then people start commenting down below, talking crap. 
because our car is proven. We know what we can do with it. It got second in a summer sizzler, almost won the show, led 88 of the 100 laps. These guys go, it's a proven race car, just like yours. That guy's dirty as crap, small jobs, the way to go, LOL. I mean, just a whole bunch of crap talking. Mm. This is the reason why people lose interest. Mm. 100%. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, freaking hacks like that. <laughs> yes, I'm using uh, the Alex Bowman term that also Morgan Baird uses. Hacks like those people who come in and just freaking annihilate the sport for others and ruin all the fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I can say this. I know when Circus City Speedplex closed down, where I was racing at earlier this year, and we're You're even opening back up. By the way, I know I heard about that, which is awesome. I mean, it kind of. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was still racing micro sprints, but even that drive was a bit far. I'm gonna say that but, payout uh, wasn't even worth it for you either. Not at all. And I unfortunately, I hope that changes. But I don't want to badmouth the people that came back in and swooped in and helped uh, get Circus City Speedplex back on its feet last year. Because the truth be told, that the future of that track just wasn't for certain even before that season started. So the fact that they even got on their feet to do anything that year was pretty impressive. Yeah. I agree. But, uh, that, that was a fun little dirt track. I got to hot lap your micro yep, there. He did get to run my micro and was I didn't get going to race to run it. it. Wish w- I did. He was going to get to race it, but you know, things fell through and is what it is. I had to sell just because of logistically, it just didn't make, make any sense. But I know when that track closed, I mean, there was people going on Facebook and I even commented on theirs singing their praises on how good they were doing because they were working on it for a track that had like no sponsorship. I like how they had their practice day set up. Oh, it was perfect. It, it was, was perfect. It was easy to walk in there and get your laps in and move on. Yeah. So, but um, for a track that had little sponsorship support from the outside and they kind of made do with what they had, um, you know, they did a really good job, but then you get the people on there that are saying like, oh, well, obviously they didn't work their tail off because they ended up having to close. I mean, the the reason that they had to close, yeah, it was kind of their fault, sure. But I mean, oh, yeah, they I, went, they went. But like those are the curfew, didn't they? They did, and they yeah. got slammed for it, and therefore had to shut the doors. Yep. But um, that's bull crap. Freaking curfew. It People is, move next to the is, tracks. I mean, the only place next door there is a is that one house that that's like a hundred yards jail. across the cornfield in the county jail yeah. across the road. But there's nothing over there. But there's people that just badmouth the track for what they're trying to do like they're doing most tracks are doing everything they can other tracks aren't doing enough and i feel like you know to badmouth series or badmouth tracks i mm-hmm. mean i don't like to publicly do it i'll call out a track when they're wrong but you know to badmouth them 24 7 even if they're moving in a direction that's good or bad or indifferent i mean it just doesn't make any sense just because you have a sour taste in your mouth over it but one of them things. That's the racing world, and that's any world. It Football, really is, basketball, yeah. baseball, you name it. It's everywhere. So, Yeah, and I get these tracks, they're trying. They're trying to make improvements, but they're doing them, doing them in the wrong places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's putting, I mean, yes, it's great if you do stuff for the fans, but it's the you need drivers. It's the figurative yeah. term putting sprinkles on a turd. It's still a turd at the end of the day. Y- yeah. You know? Or you put lipstick on a pig at the end of the day, it's still a pig. Yeah, so. I, I just don't get how many drivers we have to ha- get injured until we actually make a change into our local short track community. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Put a radio in there. Find out. Well, if you run a radio, you get DQ'd. Mm. Yeah. 
I'd take a DQ. I've seen it, people run radios I'd, in the races. I'm I'd, not going to specify names, but I would, you know, here's a here's a word of advice for you. Um, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. I'm going to be the devil on the left shoulder right now. But you know what I would do is I'd get amongst all you drivers that actually can tolerate each other, and I'd sit there and say, hey, why don't we all throw a radio in our car tonight? And even if the track doesn't know about it, you could try to get the track to know about it, but to see if they approve it or not. You can send out all the drivers out there with a the radio, and I guarantee you not a one of them wreck. And then you walk off the track and say, here, this is what good racing looks like. This is what saving money looks like. This is what you puts asses in seats. You can have phenomenal racing with radios. This is what puts asses in seats. Mm-hmm. You want people in the stands. You want your track to be better. You want the racers to be happier. This is where you start. I, I agree. So if the tracks don't want to make the first step, I think the first step is the drivers making that first step and pushing them over the ledge and saying, here, we're going to do it ourselves. And if you DQ us for the night, go for it. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to make a difference to us. We won't come back. Yeah, another thing you got on top of that is also favoritism. <laughs> I don't want to go that <laughs> You don't even want to get hole. started in that one. I don't want to I'm just saying, Stephen Nassie's post after what happened at Nashville was fantastic. I'm not going down this rabbit they, hole. They freaking find Nassie again. Bunch of bull crap what CRA and ASA did to him. But... What do you know? What can you do? I ain't going down this rabbit hole. I could <laughs> preach. I could preach favor. Preach oh, I think all we day. all could. I've been accused of favoritism, even and. Pfft. Oh, I've been accused of cheating, I don't favoritism, and all be, that. I don't think I'm. I'm the, I think I'm the least liked driver at the racetrack, <laughs> with the biggest YouTube fan base because nobody else does it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and to, even on that note, I mean, I feel like these. I feel like drivers doing these. Uh, YouTube vlogs lately, and even like I've been doing them myself, I feel like that's bringing more attention to not only just series but tracks in general. And I feel like dry, I feel like tracks need to be more appreciative of that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, there's different ways in the future because sometimes you're just following a wave of other people in the vlog series and on YouTube and everything. Hopefully, there's new things that'll come into to benefit that. But I feel like tracks and even series need to be more ben- uh, appreciative of that. I know there's some out there that are, like the MCR Dwarf Cars. I know they are so appreciative of that. And I'm very appreciative of them for everything they do because they do an excellent job. And that's why I'm a part of that series now. Um, And that's why I support that and the tracks that they go to because I know they're appreciative of us. The MCR Dwarf Car Series, the owners of that series are appreciative of the drivers. And therefore, you have a great product. You need to work together. There has to be communication. The Dwarf Car Series is a blast. It's thriving. Right now, it's thriving. It's growing more than it ever has. Oh, and with the Legend and Car Series shutting down, freaking MCR is about to be even bigger because all them guys are wanting to get a dwarf car. That opens up a bunch of doors. And, the, and dwarfs even, are going to have like thirty cars here eventually. And I mean, even it's going to be insane. Even me leaving the the micro sprints, I've had guys reaching out to me asking about dwarf cars, and they never would have thought that they would have blinked an eye at asphalt. I didn't either. I've loved dirt, and he knows why. But dirt is fun. Dirt's a blast. I wish I wish I could put a dwarf car. I don't car care. I don't right care now, that people say dirt is for the fields. That stuff is fun. Asphalt's for the roads to get to the dirt track. Good point. But now I'm racing on, and I'm having a blast. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens when you have a series that communicates not only with its drivers very well, but also with its tracks very well. They you create good a good product, and you put butts in seats. Eric Kaufman knows what he's doing with that series and he he takes good feedback from all the drivers and he puts the improvement where it matters the most the hoffman family does an excellent job all around with running the mcr dwarf car series and i look forward to seeing where the series goes and being involved yeah they're going to berlin i want to rent for that i cannot wait for berlin 
Berlin's going to be a blast. Berlin is going to be amazing. Yeah. Even being a dirt guy myself, I know the the prestige of the Berlin uh, Raceway, so I'm really looking forward to being there. So, but well, Parker, uh, looks like we're at 40 minutes on this podcast. We can keep going. We can keep going. You want to keep going? What else are we going to rant about? I'm here all night. Do we want to do the favoritism rant now? I'm not going down that rabbit hole, Jaden. I ain't doing it. All right. So let me see what we got, what we got on our sheets here. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure notes. we covered everything. I'm pretty much out of notes. You got any ideas? Uh, all right here. What's this? Okay, so actually here, I'll go on something here real quick. So speaking, back to the wreck of new pairs. We went to the Gambler at Southland Motor Speedway's, what was that, like three or four weeks, like a month later, something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, about a month later, just over a month later. um, I went up to so-called driver, asked him if we were cool, and he said, yeah, we don't got issues. It's like... All right, cool. See you on the track. Told him good luck. He told me good luck. We seemed civil from there. In the race, that dude would not get close to me with a 10-foot pole. I, I mean, I was not scared to wreck anybody. I'll be honest. That, But that race, I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to repair another freaking race car. So I'm thinking on the brighter side, I don't want to freaking pay another 15 grand on a whole new race car again. I mean, my outlaw's pretty much been built brand new beside center section three times. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then we had to buy a motor in the, after this year, too. But, yeah, that guy wouldn't come close to me on the racetrack. Um, it was kind of funny, honestly. But, yeah, that that race was also messed up. That was only a single groove racetrack. That was sketchy how you, how you had to pass there. The track preparation was horrible. Yeah, I mean, and... I'm starting to see becoming more of a regular lately is uh, track prep with some of these racetracks. Some do it right, some do it wrong. Um, everybody's learning. I love here. the I, I love process. the Coke idea that Southland and Plymouth do. I love oh, that. Oh, it's excellent. The, it makes the racing product I mean, a lot better. <laughs> that that was a good direction they went a while ago. I can tell you from experience though, uh, sending the dwarf cars out on the uh, freshly Coke syrup track is yeah you got you at least got to let the front wheel drives go work that stuff in guys you need something to work that in better than a dwarf car brother i'm telling you right now it is like driving on grease so so zach just texted me made a good point here so parker obviously you're the special guest we haven't really got to talk much about you, you you're very you... selfish oh yeah i guess that's fitting but for who for, i am thanks for having me yeah no problem buddy <laughs> <laughs> so Parker, give us a little bit of a description on yourself, uh, how you got into racing, what made you get into it, and how your future is going on from here. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know who all is really going to want to sit here and listen to it, but I appreciate we got five those people. that are here. Um, so oh, I'll, six. Oh, wow. The <laughs> sixth one joined. Welcome, viewer. <laughs> uh, hopefully, this podcast will get some more views after the fact. I'm sure it will. It always does. It definitely does. Um. Anyway, so I guess I'll start from the beginning. Uh, I was five, I was basically four years old when I really started getting into racing. I didn't start racing yet. Um, what's up? You were four? I was four when I really started getting into it. Do you uh, know how to freaking go to the bathroom or get out of a freaking diaper? Were, still, were you still in diapers? I was still pooping in my diapers. Gosh, Actually, dang. I, I don't know on that one. That'd probably be uncomfortable in a go-kart, wouldn't it? 
I don't know. I, I mean, we'll have, to, time, we'll have to try that. At four years old, I wasn't. At four years <laughs> old, I wasn't racing uh, go karts yet. At five is when I started, but at four, I really started getting into it, watching it with my dad uh, growing up. Oh, that's adorable. I have a older. You guys brother. get some popcorn and, and some candy. Oh, lots of candy. Always a brownie. <laughs> always um, a brownie. Always a brownie. Remove the sprinkles. It was great. What? Oh, well, yeah. you removed the you removed the sprinkles on the cosmic I, brownies. I was four years old. Just what is wrong alone. with you? Just leave me alone. I. I eat them now. They're great. I was going to say, Cosmic I'm, Brownies with the sprinkles. Was That's a, the best part. I was a very sheltered and dumb child. Clearly. Um, I love you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> I know you're watching right now. Uh, Just blowing Parker crap, so, guys. Don't get don't get too crazy But at me. four years old, I started watching it with my dad, watching NASCAR, really getting into Tony Stewart. And uh, oh, my dad had the idea. Uh, he actually raced a little bit beforehand, not with his own car, really, but at a arrive and drive series at our local racetrack, Jackson Speedway, and uh, then came up with the idea to put me in a kid cart and move me into the kid cart series at five years old. Um, and from there, I went that's up through the ranks. Jump. It's that's a start for me, but uh, so I started there, uh, worked my way up through the ranks. I went up to uh, junior sportsman. Uh, which is basically a restricted version of uh, KT100. Uh, that is a KT100. KT100s are basically motorcycle engines. They're dirt bike engines, primarily. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong huh. there. If I'm not a, I'm not a very knowledgeable. Yeah, those on are, that. aren't those like KTM drove. motors. Yes. Okay. KTMs. Okay. I put the piece of the puzzle together. Uh, we got it. So I went into junior sportsman from there, and also did kid sprints on dirt for a while. Um, they ran off like little weed whacker motors and all kinds of different things. So um, then I went into junior can senior sportsman. While I was in senior sportsman, I ended up collecting four championships back to back, all in a row, and I'm very proud of that That's to this it. day. Yeah, yeah, like I'm proud of it to this day. So I will carry that achievement proudly. Um, so and I also did mini cup racing for a while, which I will not talk about because it was not <laughs> the best time. I did have one of my better looking my race time. cars in the mini cups, but I will not. Uh, I'm not going to address it because it was a rocky you time. Know, if they brought if they brought mini cups back indoors, I'd be willing to bust my mini cup out for that. I'll watch. I got another mini cup. I'll watch. All right, Zach, you're in the other one, so <laughs> we got you hooked up, buddy. Um, and then I ended up uh, starting on dirt in the outlaw mini cups at the time, which I can yeah. talk about hey, that. Would I you was... look at that when you started talking about yourself? The viewers went down. <laughs> I don't blame y'all. I don't blame you for leaving that one bit, man. I'm um, just screwing with you. Hey, we I can was, blow each uh, other crap. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I started racing the Outlaw Mini Cups on dirt there for a while. Um, and I can talk about that. I came in with a inch of a championship. Unfortunately, started having issues. And that uh, did not happen. But I ended up moving into the micro sprints. And yeah, ran how much that did you lose that championship by? Uh, a couple points. I ended up DNFing yeah. that night because oh, it completely sucks. cut out and killed itself. So, oh my gosh, it sucked, but it would have been my fifth one. But it is what it is at the end of the day. It actually would have been my fifth one in a row now that I think about it. Dang, but, yeah, Larson's status over here, guys. <laughs> oh, wait, no, my bad, Jimmy Johnson, Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, yeah. So then I went into uh, <laughs> I went into uh, micro sprints and I ran that uh, in 2018 all the way up until earlier this year. And I halfway through the season after circus city closed and we had, how many would have had did you pull off in micros? Not enough. I only had not two. Enough. Trust me. I know how you feel. I only had two in the feature races. Um, 
The seat isn't big enough. Yeah, you're not kidding. Well, we're going to have to get a freaking 30-inch bucket seat for Zach with how big he is. No he, we honestly might have to cut the freaking roof off just to get him into the car. Zach's going to race a drop top. <laughs> drop top. So, <laughs> um, uh, so I ended up uh, leaving the micro sprints halfway through last year. Um, and because it would have been a four-hour drive to US 24 Speedway, and logistically it just didn't make sense to do that anymore. And cost-wise, we just weren't making enough money to keep that program going. And so the opportunity came around to join the MCR Dwarf Car Series, which at the time I was contemplating between three things. And that was either uh, going into the MCR MCR Dwarf Car Series, uh, which is what I did, or going into Lightning Sprints was the second option. And then the third option was uh, just hanging up the suit and watching from the sidelines and enjoying racing regardless. And I ended up going the MCR Dwarf Car route, and it was one of the best decisions I feel like I've made to not only bring uh, the fun back into racing for me because I lost my love for it there for a while, and that's why I contemplated hanging up the suit. But I I really have found my notch again with racing, and I fell in love with it all over again, and I'm really glad with the choice I've made going in the Dwarf Car route. But... uh, you know, next year uh, is going to be my first full-time season with the MCR Dwarf Car Series, and I'm really looking forward to that. Hey, are we going to keep a tire count for you next year? Uh, you can if you want. What happened with that, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to address that. That's out of my I'm control. I'm going to say Tristan's the one who jinxed you on that out at Plymouth, just saying. Um, That's in Parker's vlog. Go I, check out his YouTube I channel. I can't believe you. Parker Tatro. I want you to listen to me, Tristan. You jinxed me. You got a price on your head, boy. Anyway. Better watch out, Tristan. So I mean, no, where the don't jinx from. me, son. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> anyway, what has this turned into? I, I got redemption already for next year, which is crazy because I just came into the series. I didn't. Even oh suspect. yeah, I just picked up a multi-million dollar sponsorship. Did I? No. Oh, uh. I, if I did, I didn't know about it. Was it through Hoax Graphics? <laughs> no. Mm. I don't no, know. No, you then. get discounts on your wraps. That's uh, your sponsorship. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun going in full-time next year. I feel like I already got redemption that I need from this year, which is crazy to think about because I just came into this series. Wait, so what's that redemption? I need to finish a race in the top three. Oh, I thought it was blowing tires. Or just tires. get a win. Well, I blew tires, yeah, but that's why I need redemption. Okay. You know, okay. I, I I feel like I was in a position to win not once but twice and or in a battle for the lead in one way or another and, just, you know, bad luck. And nah, so. you you did have some freaking bad luck though. Me and Parker, we we're gonna line up one and two mm-hmm. on the second restart at South Bend. I followed him through the pack lap one. I sent it three wide just to try to keep up with you. Yeah, on the top of three and four, so I was in the marbles. Yeah, which was insane. But we got a caution. Somebody spun out. I think I don't remember. Um, me and Parker, like I said, one two on the front row for this restart. I got super excited. We're both waving at each other. I was like, we're about to go freaking elbows up. Yeah. I go, we go back green. I just freaking dust Parker on the restart. He had a flat tire. <laughs> yeah, I just, and I just held on for dear life. Felt like I went right back into a micro sprint all over again, just sliding around the track. Yeah, that that was, I was so sad about that. That was going to be fun. You were the only one. Um, <laughs> that, that was going to so. be fun. We probably would have wrecked each other, not going to lie. It was either we were going to wreck each other and laugh or we were making it through and still going to laugh. Right, definitely. And uh, and that's just the fun of it, and that's why I'm glad I'm in this series now because I'm racing with friends again, and I wasn't doing that for a while. And then you got micros. Matt Kemp leaving. 
and Matt leaves. I mean, unreal. I'm depressed still to this day about that. Um, but Hashtag GoFundMe Matt I know, Kemp. I know uh, <laughs> Matt's going to be doing great things uh, moving on, whether it's uh, with or without racing. I know he's a great guy and much love to him. Uh, we miss you, Matt. We miss him. Uh, obviously, he still comes around in our group chats and everything every now and then. So, yeah. But that's our brother, and we love him uh, for sure. But uh, I'm definitely going to be doing full time next year for sure. Now let's get Zach personal about teammate. what happened lately. What's that? Let's get personal about what happened lately that we don't want to say. What's that? About oh, about my personal life. Yeah, no, we ain't getting into that. No, <laughs> let's not do that. I could do that, but I'm not going to do that. I will be respectful no matter what you choose to say about me. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, I'm gonna make it a point. You mess with Parker, you mess with the you mess with the gang. <laughs> we want to we'll come get you, but uh, and we we ain't joking. <laughs> we may be three hours away, but we'll come get you. Right. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna run next year full time in the MCR Dwarf Car Series. After that, it would be in 2025. Will be my 20th year of racing. Uh, Jeez, how I'm old are you? 25. Freaking old hack. Been racing since a little baby. Since I was just a little boy. Next year is my. It started when I was. It started when I was. Old. No, I started when I was nine. Zach, if you're still in chat, uh, how long have you been racing? Next year is my twelfth year. Next year's your twelfth year. Yeah. I don't even know when did Matt start. Uh, Matt started. I think Matt started the same time I did. Did he? In mini cups, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I did karting for four years. I think I, I don't know. I think Matt, me and Matt are very close on our starting time for racing. Uh, Will just said that he, I'm going to send a strongly worded email. Uh, that is in reference yes, sir. to the situation. Do it. But we're not going to do that. Um, well, you got my Zach, permission. Since, since so Zach's been also racing since no 2005. No way Matt's so been racing that long, Zach. Two, Zach and I will pretty much be both racing. Oh, wait. Uh, Zach's, years. Zach was racing 2005. I'm a moron. <laughs> well, I'm an idiot. You guys are babies in the game compared to us. We're the seasoned vets. So. Didn't Zach just turn 22? Yeah. So Zach started when he was four. I'm oh. pretty sure. Is that right, Zach? Wait, you, how old are you? 23. I'm going to 24 next year. Gosh, dang. Mm-hmm. You guys make me feel a little bit younger. I feel old. Good. So, <laughs> but uh, after Get out that. Get the sport, you disrespectful driver. <laughs> <laughs> but in 2025, that would be my 20th year, and I don't know if I'm going to run that season full-time or not. We'll see what happens. Only time will tell. I got a lot of things I want to do in my life outside of racing, obviously. Racing is a big part of my life, but at the end of the day, you got to make a living. you're pretty much born and raised into so it. I might hang it up for a while and come back. Who knows? But after that nah, season, you we'll can't, see. You, you say that now, you will not leave that driver's seat. I will put money on that. I've talked about it before, and I was like 17 years old when I said I was going to see that's that, the dumb teenage happen. years right there uh, I was in a relationship at the time and that went you know that went over like a fart in church <laughs> so uh that didn't happen very well <laughs> so but uh no it'll it'll be fun I'm looking forward to the future no matter what it holds for me whether it be with the dwarf cars or not um it's going to be a fun time racing with some friends again and being around good friends and good people so I'm really looking forward to that so. yeah well but that's my story Hopefully you all enjoyed it. Uh, we see Keelan Harvick on the screen right now. Yeah, Keelan Harvick got second in the Legends race. Like, yep. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't see it from here. So Why don't you just open your eyes? There you go. Yeah, my left one's a little bit puffy, but anyway. Yeah. Um, 
But I appreciate you uh, having me on the Bro, podcast. they only won 500 bucks for this show. I mean, that's better than micro sprint payout in most yeah, ways. Yeah, point. But and then, and God, I feel like we're going to start the podcast all over <laughs> again if I get into that. <laughs> so, um, uh, I appreciate you having me on the podcast, though. I know I've, wa- yeah, I've wanted no to problem. do one of these kind for of a hated long time. you on here, but you know, I'm just screwing with I you. I completely understand. <laughs> so, um, no, I appreciate you having me on. I've always wanted to do one of these podcast deals. So, yeah, it's they, been are, fun they to are pretty one. fun, aren't they? They're fun. Nah, you can talk forever on here. You so. can. You can go on about something. Freaking goes on for about an hour. Dang, we're going, yeah, we're on, going an on an hour. An hour. That's crazy. Wow. But I appreciate you having me. Yeah, we me. probably need to get a call in uh, Matt and Julie to see where we're going to go eat. Yeah, we're pretty hungry, too, so we're probably going to go do that. All righty. So I want to thank you for joining me, Parker. I appreciate it a lot. Thank yes, you sir. guys for watching the J.C. Shaw Motorsports Podcast. We will have another one coming up live tomorrow. I'll also be doing a shop blog tomorrow, too. We got some things we're going to work on in the shop, get that finished and cleaned up. And we'll have some other things going on in the scenes as well. So... Like I said, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Parker, for joining me. And we'll see you guys next time. (laughs) I can't even find the freaking end screen button. Dang it.